Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Boy, the NAI season is really. Uh, gaining momentum. We're on the part of that roller coaster where you've done a couple of quick turns and now you're, you've done the high lift up into the sky. That was just around create Thanksgiving or Christmas. And now it's going to drop really fast. And between now and the middle of February, uh, that roller coaster is going to twist really fast. Hey, today, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the cascade conference. Uh, just do a review of that. We're uh, going to have uh, coach, uh, Taylor Kelly. He's the head men's basketball coach at Corbin university and then a little later in the show, we're also going to speak with uh, Matt Zozel. He's the head men's basketball coach at Southern Oregon. He's new to the conference. Uh, be interesting to hear his take on uh, Cascade Conference basketball and NAI basketball in general. So why don't we take just a quick look at the outlook on in the Cascade Conference, and we'll go through all these teams individually. But as everybody knows, College of Idaho, honestly, they're operating in a different dimension uh, than the rest of the conference. They're 16-1, and 11-0. and 0. Uh, They're really just kind of blowing people away right now. I talked to Colby the other day. You may have heard it. Uh, they beat Northwest, I believe, 100 to 35 or 99 to 35, but they held Northwest to zero for 22 from three. Now imagine you go zero for 22 from three and you sit around afterwards and just go, well, if we could have just went 21 for 22, well, we'd have just lost by two. Uh, it, what a defensive effort to hold a team to 35 points. Uh, College of Idaho is uh, followed up by Eastern Oregon. Eastern Oregon and College of Idaho are the traveling mates. They're only a couple hours apart there on the freeway. Uh, Eastern Oregon is 9-2, and 12-5. And, and in conference, so the, the top tier is College of Idaho, Eastern Oregon, Corbin, and Warner Pacific. And then you've kind of got a middle tier, Southern Oregon, Multnomah, Oregon Tech, Lewis-Clark State, and then, a uh, well, I guess really LC State, Bushnell, Northwest, those are all, that group is fighting for the final playoff spots. So why don't we just take a look at each each one of these teams. Uh, hopefully I haven't offended everybody in the conference yet. I know I try. Uh, let's take a look at College of Idaho. So if you if you look at College of Idaho, you say, you know, how do they win? Well, they, they defend the heck out of the ball. That's not a, that's not a secret, uh, but they hold teams to uh, 41% from the field. And another uh, number you just you just can't overlook when you're talking uh, College Idaho is they out rebound by an average of ten, but most importantly they get almost fourteen offensive rebounds a game. It seems like the team is really built around uh, rebounding. Let's take a look at some of the top performers for College of Idaho. Uh, Johnny Radford he's really performed well this year. He's uh, fourteen points a game, uh, two rebounds. Uh, he's a very reliable scorer. Their second leading scorer is a guy named Drew, Drew Wyman, uh, 13 points a game, four rebounds. Drew Wyman could just be described as a basketball player's basketball player. Uh, he's really all around. Uh, he's he's just a basketball player. Uh, he can shoot the three, can shoot the short jumper, he can rebound. Uh, he's very talented. Anchor in the middle there at uh, College of Idaho is Tyler Robinette. He scores 11 points a game, four rebounds. Charles Elsey, he's the point, 10, 10 points a game, uh, three uh, assists per game. A couple of guys you can't overlook. We talk rebounding. Jake O'Neill, he averages almost eight rebounds a game. And Stratton Rogers, he averages almost nine rebounds a game. And then there's a name you want to remember. 
He's operating just a little bit under the radar because he's a freshman and he's not starting. But this guy's the real deal. Samaji Morgan, he's going to be the, the eventual point guard there at College of Idaho. Nine points a game, uh, five assists a game. Very, very quick. Uh, can get to the hole real quick. Makes good decisions off the pick and roll. Uh, that's that's a young man you're going to hear a lot down in the uh, the future. So let's take a quick look at College of Idaho's schedule. You know, they had a tough tough part of the schedule last weekend. They had to go to the, we call it the Oda Valley, the Willamette Valley. They had to play uh, Bushnell and Corbin. Uh, Bushnell and Corbin both played him tough, but College of Idaho was able to get two uh, road wins. And I know road wins are hard everywhere, but for College of Idaho having to go to Corbin and Bushnell, it is an eight-hour bus ride. Uh, and, uh, you know, you play Friday and Saturday night. Uh, that's really a grind on the road, and they were able to get two good wins. So this weekend, College of Idaho will be going to uh, Oregon Tech on Friday night. Something tells me I'll be at that game. Uh, and then they're going to go over to Southern Oregon the next night and uh, play the Raider. They then host Lewis Clark State and Walla Walla, two games that are very winnable for them. They have one more real tough trip. They have to go up to Warner Pacific and Multnomah. But quite honestly, they're, they're beginning, after this weekend, they're beginning to get some of the toughest part of their schedule out of the way. Uh, College of Idaho is in uh, pretty good shape in the conference. So let's take a look at second place in the conference is Eastern Oregon. So Eastern Oregon, as I said earlier, they're uh, 12 and five overall. They're nine and two in conference. So what is Eastern doing well? Well, they're one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country. They're 14th in the country. Uh, they they just can flat light it up. And the thing is, it could be a different guy every night. They have a lot of people that can shoot the three. Uh, they have very few turnovers. They really take good care of the ball. Let's look at some of Eastern's top performers. Uh, Phil Malatar, he's kind of the engine that makes it work. Uh, he's a point guard who can, I don't know, he's a, he's a guard. Uh, he can really break people down off the dribble, and he can shoot the ball like crazy. He scores almost uh, 19 points a game three assists, almost six rebounds, uh, and he's not a big guy. He's just really active going after the ball. Another guy that scores a lot, Emmett Taylor. He scores 13 points a game, three rebounds, but man, he can really, really shoot the three. Uh, he's at 37% for the season. A couple other notables, uh, Malachi Offwork, he has four rebounds a game, 11 points. And Adam Orr, uh, he's a three-point specialist. He's shooting 47% for the season. And in conference, he's at 49.2%. And uh, Solomon McGinnis, also, he doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but he's at 50% for the season. So you can't let these guys loose. They're going to hit the three on you. Uh, they're going to let you score the ball. You're going to shoot about 46% against them. Uh, they're not going to out-rebound you. They, may, they out-rebound teams by about two rebounds. Uh, but as I said, they take care of the ball, and they can shoot the three. Let's take a look at Eastern Oregon's schedule going forward. Uh, they're traveling mates with College of Idaho, so they'll be over. They'll play Southern Oregon on Friday night, and then they'll play Oregon Tech on Friday. And then also they go up to Walla Walla and Lewis Clark State. Uh, they, they play the same schedule with uh, College of Idaho, uh, except for when they play, whoever they play Friday, College of Idaho plays Saturday and vice versa. Uh, so they're starting to get the tougher part of their schedule out of the way as well. Next in the conference is Corbin. They're the Warriors out of Salem. Uh, Corbin is 12-5 and five and 8-3. and three. They fell this weekend to College of Idaho. Uh, so what are they doing well? They shoot the ball well, almost 48%. They shoot the three well, almost 37%. Uh, they get 10 steals a game. 
and they hold opponents to just about 42% from the field. Who are Corbin's top performers? Uh, Darius Henderson, he's scoring 16 points a game, eight rebounds. He's shooting 55% from the field, and he can roam around outside, and he can hit hit 36% from the three. A guy you got to talk about when you talk uh, Corbin is uh, Taylor Anderson. He's one of those guys that you watch him and you go, well, he's not going to beat you, and then you get out on the court, and yeah, he beats you. Uh, he shoots 34% for the season from three, but in conference, he's shooting 44%. So this is a guy who, when the money's on the line, you know, uh, you can count on his number to come in. 10 points a game and almost three assists a game. We had the opportunity to uh, talk to Coach Taylor Kelly. He's the head men's basketball coach there at Carbon. Let's take a listen. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Hey, I got Taylor Kelly, head men's basketball coach at Corbin University. Taylor, thank you for uh, taking time this morning. Billy, thanks for uh, having me on. It's a, it's a privilege to be on and appreciate all the hard work that you do to try to create exposure for uh, our league and the NAI. And so appreciate all your good work. So, Coach Kelly, you're, uh, you've been, I think this is your, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your third year at, at Corbin. You're building a, quite the identity there. Uh, with how you play and how hard your guys play. Talk about what Corbin basketball means to you. Talk about the program that you're trying to build and and what you want people to think of when they think Corbin basketball. Yeah, um, that's a great question. And uh, it's something that is, is, is obviously pretty meaningful to me. I think, you know, when you think about Corbin basketball, I think the first and foremost, like it, it starts with who we are as a university. Obviously, Corbin being a small Christian university um, and that kind of being the heartbeat and, and a lot of the the, the basis of, of, of who we are and, and what we do and, and I think at the the foundation of it we we want to be a team and we want to be a program that um, keeps that at the center of it um, and I think the best way that we kind of honor that is that we compete as hard as we possibly can because that's the the best way that we can honor um, our program, the institution, and, and the God that we serve is, is to is to kind of lay it on the line for one another uh, day in and day out, and, uh, and 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 we and we try to build that from the ground up. You know, we try to let you know guys know that 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 the program is is that that it's nice to just say that, but how do you step into that mm-hmm. every single day? There's a level of vulnerability that you have to have as an individual to come and be a part of our program because we're not going to just talk x's and o's alone we'll obviously we'll, we'll we'll help you grow as a player we'll help you grow um we're going to push you in that area um but one of the things that we we really try to instill is that um you're going to be valued for who you are and who god created you to be and and we're going to step into how you continue to grow to be the best man you can be as well as the best player we believe that those two things go 100 percent hand in hand and we work really hard at both and so Guys have to want that when they when they come in to be a part of our program. They got to want to grow in every area of their life, and uh, and and we believe that because we've stepped into that, and because our guys have stepped into that, they uh, they feel loved by our group. Um, they feel known by our group, and and hopefully in that process, um, in how we train and, and and how we try to approach competition, um, they feel the freedom to just lay it on the line for one another and give everything they have because. Um, they love what they're a part of and, and, and they embrace um, who we are and the identity that we're trying to create every single day. And uh, it is an every single day thing. Sometimes we miss the mark. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we hit the mark, but it is an every single day thing. There's no, 
on switch or off switch as soon as you step between those lines or we come together as a group um you got to be willing to give that because um it's not natural it's not the the natural thing to do that's not that's not what we feel most comfortable doing you know coach uh corbin has had some good very good teams in the past they've had some great players uh, but it, it just feels like you've brought the program to another level you're 12 and 5 this season 8 and 3 in conference you're one of those top teams now where people just kind of rub their head when they know they have to go into Corbin that's a hard place to win but you do it kind of the old-fashioned way I mean you just defend the heck out of the ball you hold teams to 41 percent shooting and you get almost 11 steals a game and your guys play 40 minutes you know talk about how you build that how do you how do you get that level of effort well, I think it, that kind of speaks to just what I just said. Yeah. Um, it, and honestly, we, we train it every single day. Um, we, we, we compete against each other every single day. I think, you know, from, a, from a, just a basketball standpoint, that's kind of what we do. You know, like if we step into the weight room, there's going to be pace. There's going to be uh, like effort given. If we step on the court, um, there's not too many walkthrough scenarios in our program. Like we're, we're going full speed. We're training full speed. Um, and, and like the guys know that that's the expectation. And, uh, and, and I think the more that we're able to do it, the more that guys who have been in the program are able to model it, the more that the program just kind of becomes and, and, and kind of models that identity of a team that is just going to compete as hard as they can. And, and obviously, you can't just compete as hard as you can. You got to be really focused. You got to be disciplined on what you do. And uh, you know, as the season progresses, I'm hoping that we can continue to sharpen those those tools and and, and get even sharper in all those areas because uh, it's a tough league and there's a lot of good teams. Yeah, and I want to touch on your schedule in just a moment, but before I do, I want to I want to uh, give you a chance to talk about a, a few a, three guys that have really performed for you. I mean, Darius Henderson in the middle, he's really strong. He shut down a lot of big guys in the league. Uh, 16 points a game, seven rebounds. He shoots 55%, including he can roam outside and shoot the three. Talk about Darius's play for you this season. Yeah, Darius is, um, he's enjoying, I think, kind of like the fruits of his labor. Um, and our program is too, obviously. Um, Darius had a tremendous spring. He was focused. Um, he came to work every single day and that translated into his summer. Um, and so, what we're seeing is just, I think what we all knew was inside of him. And I think he knew was inside of him. And I think, uh, the work, um, just has given him a confidence that has allowed him to go out and really play and play free. And, and I think obviously, you know, um, him just getting acclimated with our program and getting acclimated to me as his coach. And I mean, our guys are tight and, uh, and, and I think Darius is, is in a headspace where he, his preparation is, is all coming together and then um his desire to really try to perform to help our team win is 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 a big motivator for him right now and so um i'm just really proud of him honestly and uh he's been awesome and we're going to need him to continue to be awesome for us to continue to progress this year for sure and coach kelly another guy who has performed hit it all the all cylinders this season for you mateo s check 11 almost 12 points a game five rebounds and man, he's really shooting the ball well. He's shooting forty uh, percent from three in conference, forty-three percent overall. Uh, he really has delivered for you. Yeah, Mateo is a guy who has been here from day one for me, um, and he's been a cornerstone of our program here for the last three years. 
um, another guy who put a lot of work in um, over these last three years, but particularly this summer. Um, and he's just been bought in from day one. Everything that I've ever asked him to do, whether it's, hey, look, I really need you to defend. Hey, look, we really need you to score. Whatever it is that I, I really um, call him to, he, he, he just responds and uh, obviously now he, he's he's given he's he's always given us good offensive production, but man, he's really stepped up in big moments for us this year and and, and been a guy that we could really count on. Um, and 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 again, it's just because he's he's kind of brought a hard hat and lunch bell mentality, mm-hmm. um, and it's coming through for him. And he's stepping up in big moments for us, and and uh, he's he's kind of surfacing as a as a guy who's who's been a leader for us, like in our locker room and on the court in regards to the example that he brings. And now his voice has come in, and so um, I think a lot of Mateo's um, success is coming from he just kind of takes ownership of our program right now and 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 in the best way like he just believes in what we're doing he believes that we can do what it is that we we set out to do and he wants to do his part he knows that he plays a big part in that and so I've been really really proud of 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 the way that he's performed this year and and even bigger than that the way that he's just led and and been an amazing example for our guys of what does it mean to be a warrior and how do we compete and what does that look like on the day in and day out and then I I I gotta I gotta let you uh Speak for a moment about uh, Taylor Anderson. He's a young man out of Grants Pass. Uh, he's not your leading scorer. He's your point guard. But when when the game's on the line, that's the guy you're looking for. Uh, it just seems like his accuracy doubles uh, when the game's on the line. One stat coach that jumps out at me with Taylor is he's shooting 34.5% on the season from three. But in conference, he's shooting 44%. So, you know, when it when it really matters, when the season's on the line, he's absolutely produced for you. Yeah, Taylor Anderson is a guy that has earned and built trust within a program uh, just better than I've, I've, I've seen. I've, I've had the privilege of coaching a lot of guys, but he's as good as it gets when it comes to um, everybody knows what Taylor Anderson's about. And because everybody knows exactly what he's about, everyone believes in him. Um, and he might not be the most vocal guy, but his actions speak really, really loud and, uh, and his effort and his consistency and just what he brings to the table. Um, this guy's got one of the most relentless work ethics, um, that I've had the privilege of coaching this guy. It doesn't matter if he has a good game, a bad game. This guy shows up the next day, gets his individual work in, comes to practice, ready to go. Um, so, I mean, and his growth over the last three years of me being able to see him, be, being able to coach him has been um, just remarkable. He's gotten so much better every single year. And, and I think, um, you know, when you when you hear those numbers that you just said about his shooting, um, I guess when you hear the 34 percent, but that guy is a lights out shooter and, and, and he's become a lights out shooter mm-hmm. um, because he's put the time and the effort into it. Um, but the thing about it is he knows that like, we need him to be more than just a guy that can score. We need him to keep guys involved. He just carries such a big load for our team. Um, as far as what I asked him to do defensively, because he really does like set the tone for us and to be able to do what I asked him to do defensively and then to, into the, into the shoulder, the load of like making sure that we operate as an offense. Um, it's just a big task. It's a big job. Um, but he's worked his way into earning every single second of it. And our team and our program really just trusts him because of that work ethic. And, and, and uh, 
he's just a really fun guy to coach every single day and and we we all do trust him when the game's on the line not just to make a shot but to make the right play and uh, he's done it a lot. We hope that he continues to do it because uh, the three guys that you just mentioned are, are obviously cornerstones of our program, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we wouldn't be where we're at if we didn't have them. And so we're we're thankful for those guys, and and uh, and obviously we're going to need them to continue to be big going down the stretch. Uh, Coach, you you uh, you you uh, had the split this weekend. You were able to beat Eastern. You fell to College of Idaho. I do want to ask you one thing about the College of Idaho game. At one point, I think with probably eight minutes to go, you were shooting 64% from the field and you were down 13 points. It just, you know, just talk about College of Idaho and how efficient they are. Yeah, well, they're just um, they're just a team that is really prepared. Um, Coach, Coach Blaine is just, he really has dialed in his preparation. Um, you can see it on his team mm-hmm. um, from a day in and day out standpoint. And then I think he really understands uh, how to make sure his guys are ready yeah. in the Cascade Conference, um, specifically with the back-to-backs, which is a unique thing. And um, and and he's just worked really hard at making sure that he's gotten the right guys that fit what they do and that have complete buy-in to what it is that he's asking to. And so, um, and then they've had the success to back it up, you know. And they, they they've had that like that confidence of of being together as a group for a really long time and so i think that's the toughest part of it um is that um they have the confidence they have really good players and then they just really believe that when it gets down to the wire that they know exactly what to do to make sure they get the job done and they just don't waver from it you know and 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 i think that's the that's the the best quality about it because you know obviously like i said they have the pieces in place um to be a really good team and then uh the commitment and the trust and just the belief that they know exactly what to do in order to get the job done um is what makes them such a tough team and obviously makes them worthy of the number one ranking um in the country right now uh yeah they're just they're a tough team and uh yeah we were we, i thought we played well um mm-hmm. we made some some errors that you just can't do against a team like that and then they expose you, and that's exactly what happened. Exposed us. They hit a bunch of open shots that we would, if we could have it back, we wish we could have it back. But that's what good teams do. They they expose you when you make your mistakes, and 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 that's what they did. And they capitalized, and were able to kind of close us out on our home court. And so that wasn't a good feeling. That wasn't no. that wasn't our plan. But uh, that's what happens when you play really good teams. Well, all all that being said, uh, you know, College of Idaho's in the, in the lead in the conference, obviously. Uh, but uh, yourselves in Eastern Oregon are pushing them pretty hard. Uh, you're going to need a little bit of help from around the conference to to catch them, but it's definitely can be done. Uh, you're only three games back right now, level with uh, what is eleven to go. So, what does Corbin need to do down the stretch to uh, finish high up, give College Idaho a run here at uh, in the second half of the season? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for us, we just got to double down on everything that we are. Um, I think what I mentioned about Colorado, what makes them special is they just, they know who they are. Um, but for us, it's just about us making sure that um, we're as, we're the most focused and the most dialed in team that we possibly can be. Um, and, and we got to continue to step into that. I think our team has so much room for growth. I don't think we're, 
we're at our peak by any stretch of the imagination. I think that there's so many rooms for our team to be able to get better in. I think um, for us to be able to make our push, which, um, you know, I think our team's capable of making it. Um, we got to make sure that we just continue to, to fulfill our entire potential. I don't think we can leave any stone left unturned. And that just starts with the work every single day that, it, that, that, that starts with the attention to detail. And uh, we've had some pretty good tests this year, some pretty good lessons to be learned. Um, and, and, and I think our guys, they do a good job of responding to those. And so we got to keep responding to the lessons that we've learned. And then obviously uh, you can't repeat them. So, you got to learn from them and then you got to make sure that they don't happen again and, and, and correct them and make sure that they, they get uh, taken care of. And if, if we can do that, I believe that, that we can uh, really make a, a solid push in this league and, and, and hopefully position ourselves to be able to be in the national tournament and, and, and let the chips fall where they may, if we can position ourselves to do that. So um, we have a lot, obviously there's a lot of work still to be done, but um I like where our group's at, and, and, and I like the potential that we still have in the tank to be able to try to maximize that. Well, Coach Kelly, I really appreciate you taking time early in the morning to uh, come on. I really enjoyed meeting you the other night when I met you, and uh, wish you luck as you head down the second half of the Cascade Conference. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate you. Okay, thanks a lot. That's Coach uh, Taylor Kelly. He's a head men's basketball coach at Corbin University. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much, Coach Kelly. Appreciate you calling me this morning and giving me the time. Let's take a quick look at their schedule. Corbin has to go to uh, Multnomah and Warner Pacific. Those are both up in the Portland area this weekend. Those are both games that you you better be on if you're going to beat them. I mean, they're both going to play you tough. They play a lot of close games. Uh, neither of those teams are going to roll over for anybody. And then the next week, they, uh, they host Bushnell and Evergreen. And speaking of Warner Pacific, uh, they're the Knights. They're there in Portland, Oregon. Uh, they're 11 and five, and they're eight and three in conference, so they're tied with Corbin right now. So, what is Warner Pacific doing right? I'll tell you the first thing they're doing right: these guys don't miss a free throw. I mean, Isaac Adder and Thomas Miles; those guys, Warner Pacific does not miss a free throw. They're like 81.6 uh, percent. Uh, they get four blocks a game, uh, and they play as a unit really well. Let's take a look at at really what makes Warner Pacific go. Uh, it, it's really kind of a, a three-headed monster with a really good support staff. So Thomas Miles, he's an incredible athlete, very strong, quick, can get to the basket. He's average on uh, 19 points a game, seven rebounds, shooting 37% from three, but 40% in conference, 50%, 51% overall from the field. Uh, he's just an incredible basketball player. Isaac Adder, he's just a little bit smaller than Thomas Miles, a little bit quicker. Uh, 15 points a game. Now, Thomas is going to call me and say, no, Isaac's not quicker than me. But uh, uh, Isaac Etter, uh 15 points a game, three rebounds a game, 36% from three. Uh, but he's kind of the guy that, that guides the ship. Uh, and then they have a guy who plays the high post a lot, a really good basketball player who played out in uh, Wilsonville, I believe, uh, uh, a real high performer. He went to Incarnate Word for a while. Uh and then ended up coming back to Portland, going to Warner Pacific. But Dakota's having a, a very good season so far. 13 points a game, 7 rebounds, shooting 38% from 3, 50% from the field. And then uh, they got a guy in the middle that really just produces, Caleb Ty, Tyree Morgan. Uh, he shoots 37% from 3 for the conference season, uh, 7 points, 5 rebounds. So you put it all together, uh, any one of these guys – 
isn't probably going to beat you, but as a team, uh, they're they're very potent. So taking a peek at uh, Warner Pacific's schedule, uh, they have uh, Multnomah tonight at Multnomah. These Multnomah and Warner Pacific are what we call traveling mates in the Cascade Conference. They travel together. Uh, so on once a in one period, they'll have one just one game that week, and they play each other. These two schools, I don't know what it is in miles. It's probably measured in blocks. They're very, very close together. Where most teams to play a game, I mean, the closest game most schools have are an hour and a half, two-hour bus ride. A lot of them are eight, nine, ten, twelve-hour bus rides. Uh, when Multnomah and Warner Pacific play each other, it's it's a car ride. So they'll play each other tonight, and then on the twentieth and twenty-first, they both uh, Multnomah and Warner Pacific will host Bushnell and Corbin. Southern Oregon, the Raider. Uh, they're in fifth place in the conference right now. They're 11 and six and seven and four overall. Uh, the Raiders really share the ball well, 17 assists per game. Let's take a look at uh, some of their top leaders. They got uh, their point guard Atmar Mundu, 19 points a game, three rebounds. He shoots, get this, 48 percent from the seat for the season from the three, 48 for 100. I kept thinking it was a fluke and it was going to drop, but it doesn't. In fact, I think it's gone up. Uh, Will Graves, who was a transfer out of Gonzaga, came down to Ashland this year. He's uh, averaging almost 13 points a game, three rebounds. Uh, he's another guy, just fills it up from three. Uh, he's shooting 40, 48% for the season. And then they have two guys, two fifth-year guys, that are kind of the heart and soul of the team. They're not the leading scorers, but they're both strong. And when you need a bucket, these guys have been in so many wars. Uh, they're, they're the guys you want on your side. Tez Allen. Tez Allen's averaging 10 points a game, four rebounds. And Josh Meyer, 10 points a game, seven rebounds. But you take uh, uh, like a Will Graves, put it with the the strength of Atmar Mundu, and then you take uh, the experience of Tez Allen and Josh Meyer. And uh, Coach Zozel has a pretty good team. Let's talk to Matt Zozel. He called us this morning, and let's take a listen. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Hey, I got Matt Zozel, head men's basketball coach, Southern Oregon University. Hey, Matt, thanks for getting up early and getting on the show with us. Oh, absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me on, Bill. So you guys are, you're 11-6 and six overall, you're 7-4 in conference. You're a new coach into the conference, new coach into the NAI. You had a very successful uh, career up at Lane. Just talk about your first impressions of the Cascade Conference and NAI basketball. You, now, you played, for everybody know, you played NAI basketball, but as a coach. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like coming into the league, I had a pretty good um, idea of how good the level was and how good the coaches were because, I mean, coaching at JUCO, I'd been to a lot of practices. A lot of our guys have been recruited at that level. But, yeah, definitely going through the, the rigors and some of the idiosyncrasies like the back-to-backs definitely gives me a better appreciation for just how competitive and good uh, this conference is. And it's really enjoyable also. The, a lot of people talk about the, the back-to-back along with the long travel. Like, you know, this weekend you had to go out to Lewiston, Idaho. Uh, that's about a billion miles, give or take 100. And then you play back-to-back nights. I mean, talk, talk about you know, how tough that is for the guys. It's, it's tough. I mean, I, I know I was still tired at practice yesterday, so I know they have to be <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> you know, we flew out of Medford at 6 a.m. And then, you know, you're renting minivans in Spokane and driving 2.30 <laughs> playing and then driving another, um, you know, two over to uh, Lewiston and then driving 
two back and getting on another early flight to get out of there uh, first thing in the morning. So the guys, you know, they, they do a really good job. And it's, I mean, we've got maybe to quote Austin Johnson, we may have the oldest team in college basketball. So <laughs> our guys probably handle it a little better than, um, than, you know, it, a team of 18 year olds might. So I'm probably pretty fortunate. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about some of those old men you have, uh, you know, but, when I look at when I look at your team, the first thing that that jumps out is you you guys really share the ball, seventeen assists a game, and I think every everybody knows you you shoot the three and you hit the three. I mean, you're making ten threes a game, you're shooting twenty eight of them a game. Uh, you, talk about your team, kind of the uh, what is the care not the character, but what what is the personality of of the, the team you're you have and what you're trying to build what do you envision for southern oregon basketball yeah no i, I mean obviously i'm a coach and i think about identity every day but definitely you hit the nail on the head um you know our identity we want it to be unselfishness you know we want to be an actual team of you know sometimes you sometimes me always us different guy can beat you any night and i mean this year's been a little bit rare because you know i've had good players obviously but i've never had a a guy score like atmar mundu has scored you know i think he's third and scoring in the conference and i've never had that you know and he's extremely efficient so it's not like we're you know running everything for him and jamming the ball through him it's just our guys have done such a good job of just finding him within the offense and um, when I took the job, shooting was my biggest concern, you know, just looking at the numbers from the previous year. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are very reliant on the three-point shot, shoot more threes than everybody else, you know, or, or as many as anybody else. I don't know the exact numbers, but um, I've been – I know guys really did get after it in the gym, and I think, um, you know, I think it's a big – it's been a, a big key to our success, and then the nights we haven't shot it so well have been a little bit tougher for us. You know, you mentioned Atmar. Let's talk about a couple of your guys. But he shoots, uh, you know, almost, well, 48% from three, 45% in conference. Uh, you know, I said a moment ago before before you got on that I kept looking at it and I kept thinking, well, his percentage is going to drop. It's His percentage is going to drop. And it went up. I mean, the guy can just flat shoot the ball. And he's a tough matchup. He's he's like a bull. He's hard to He's hard to stop. Yeah, Atmar, I mean, I've been blown away with his consistency. I mean, he just seems to shoot it well every game. And then his poor shooting nights are still, like, decent. You know, I mean, he never, he hasn't had a, I'll knock on wood, we'll probably go out and play OIT <laughs> Tuesday and he'll shoot 0 for 14 now that I say that. But <laughs> but he's he's been awfully good and awfully consistent shooting the ball and um, yeah, it's been it's taken a lot of pressure off me in the first year. That's for sure. You know, you got to talk about another guy who's really been a, a great surprise. He transferred down from you got him late. Got transferred down from Gonzaga. Will Graves comes from a great basketball family. I mean, he he's really done a great job for you. That has to be a pleasant surprise. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe I mean I know the kid really well, and I I knew how good he was, and I, I have to be full disclosure here like there's nobody i'm harder on than will you know (laughs) i i give him the shortest leash of anybody um just because i'm close to him close to family and i just have such high expectations for him and it's actually to be truthful it's one of the things i'm working on this 
second half of the year is <laughs> letting him letting him play through mistakes a little more because I, I have been really hard on him and he's it, when there's been frustrating times this year which of course there has been he's taken the brunt of a lot of it and he's just a great personality and a really unselfish kid fits in well with anybody and you know he really he really takes <laughs> some of the brunt when I get upset uh, with the team more than anybody else, but yeah, he's man. He hit some has hit some big bombs this year for us when we needed him the most. So kind of gives us a nice one-two shooting punch for sure. And then you know we got to talk about Tez Allen and Josh Meyer, both fifth-year guys. Uh, Josh Meyer uh, been around the league. He played up at Northwest before he transferred to Southern, and Tez has just been around forever. Uh, they aren't your top, your leading scorers, but boy, when the game's on the line. He, you want the ball in those guys' hands. Yeah, they're, they're again, I sound like every other coach, but I, I really do mean this. Like, they're awfully great men, and, and we, especially with Tez and Josh. Like, they're really men. I mean, I, I try to treat them, all, all our guys, like that. But with them, it, it's pretty obvious. They're a little older and a little more mature. And coming in, it's always – it's always difficult for year one's always difficult um you know and especially our situation we kind of we're it's kind of like we had our southern oregon core and then uh -huh. we brought you know pretty much you know four guys um from lane and the way they've integrated has been really i mean even better than i'd hoped for and i knew we had good kids and i knew they had good kids so i knew it wasn't gonna i knew we could do it but um the way it's come together is just just off the court and and on the court has been has really made it easy for me and i do think josh and tez deserve a lot of credit i think at the end of the day the most important thing is they're guys that really really are seniors and really really just care about winning like they really just want to win their senior year and when you get that kind of leadership it's um it, it's much easier to coach especially in a difficult year where you're changing systems mm -hmm. changing minutes you know guys that played a lot maybe don't play as much or vice versa, somebody that didn't play as much for, um, you know, Zach or Coach Coach McDermott or playing more for me, you know. So there's, they've definitely helped, you know, assuage that kind of turbulence that you run into sometimes. So Matt, you played basketball at Southern Oregon. You're you're an, you're an alumni. What does it mean to you going back to Southern Oregon, take, getting that head coaching job, taking over for McDermott? uh and you know playing there in that beautiful lithia center uh just talk about what that means to you oh, it's it's pretty special i mean it's it's really special i got into coaching late i wasn't a guy that coached um you know as soon as i was done playing you know i got into coaching about when i was about 35 and so getting in i kind of knew a little bit older i wasn't delusional about you know, oh, I'm going to, next, I'm going to try to coach at Kentucky. Like I, mm -hmm. but when I started thinking like, what could I do with this career? I mean, the first job that popped into my head is like, man, it would be really cool to, to coach at Southern Oregon or a place like that. You know, mm -hmm. that was my first thought when I got, when I made a pretty big decision to like shift careers and go after coaching. And so to have that actually come to fruition, it was, you know, pretty special. And obviously um, the people I was around, a lot of them are, are still there. I, I play, I would, Matt Sarah, our AD was my offensive coordinator um, in football. So it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to give back to the guys that gave a lot to me growing up. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, going back to the going back to the season, you you've got a 
pretty good. I think you got a five game homestand now coming. Uh, every one of them looks like. I mean, you got you got Eastern, College, Idaho, Oregon Tech, Warner Pacific, Multnomah coming. It's not going to be a cakewalk. But talk about what you got to do during this homestand because this is going to make or break your season. Yeah, this is a you know undoubtedly a big stretch, and um, you know I think we're you know it's hard for me to know exactly if we're you know peaking yet. I, I think we have a lot more in the tank, and I think we're going to be really tough these next five games. But I also know how good the the teams we play are, you know, so. For us, it's, um, you know, we got picked preseason. We got picked fifth, um, and we're fifth right now. And we feel like the schedule is a little more favorable for us, just having both Idaho trips out of the way. Yep. Um, and having OIT at home is a big one. And uh, we feel like maybe we can, can move up a spot or two, um, but really that's not what we're concerned with. I mean, we really are concerned with just – getting better every every day and every game just like every coach the cliche yeah. and really trying to be our best um late in the year you know and we don't we don't look at it like anything's make or break too much you know we try to stay even keel and and keep keep getting better so um but yeah it's hard not to hard not to you know look ahead and there's obviously three games packed into a short period and you know from a from a standings you know, from a standing standpoint, the Eastern game is the most important. From like a kid standpoint, oh man, number one in the country, College of Idaho coming in. That's a, that's maybe the biggest game. And then from like a fan's perspective, it's like, oh, the rivalry game. Like Oregon Tech's the biggest game. And it's like, no, I mean they're all the biggest game. Whatever whatever night it is, like that's our biggest game. It is a challenge getting everybody to like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to hear about OIT or CLI right now. I don't want to hear about it. I only want you guys thinking about Eastern Oregon, and it's, you know, it's human nature, and you can't blame the kids. And certainly, I, you know, watching OIT and um, being good friends with Justin, obviously, I'm, you know, it's hard for me to like think about putting all that stuff aside too. So, you know, Matt, kind of a coaching question. Don't give anything up here, but you got a real challenge this weekend because. As everybody knows, Cascade, you play Friday, Saturday. So you've got two of the top teams in the conference, Eastern and College of Idaho, coming to town. So do you, you know, how do you prepare for that? Do you prepare for both teams during the week? Uh, I mean, I don't know what you want to tell me. That's the age-old question. I'm I'm pretty pretty open, and and I'm not sandbagging here. Like, I'm still figuring it out, you know. Um, I feel like, yeah, I'm still figuring that out. And we – you know, I've had a lot of really good coaches um, in the league tell me, don't worry about the Saturday game, right. just prepare for the Friday game. And that's what I've done in this first year. And then we've gone out and played so much better in the second games that we didn't prepare for. <laughs> so, oh, that's crazy. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the what the answer is. Um, I uh, Well, that's the know, predominant. When I ask that question, that's the predominant answer that I get is, in the Cascade Conference, you prepare for Friday and just try to live through Saturday. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I, I'm sure guys try to look for some, uh, you know, similarities and things they can sneak in during the week. And, and certainly we try to do that, too, without saying, oh, hey, this is what they do, you know, yeah. um, just to keep your guys psychologically yeah, exactly I, exactly yeah I, I don't know i mean but then if you're not saying it you know if you're not saying that explicitly then i'm not sure the guys are you know i i don't know it seems like you lose some of the 
efficacy if you if you don't lay that out for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. So, um, what are the things that you that Southern Oregon needs to do to make to make a run? What are those two well, or three things that you say? This is really what we got to do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's yeah, that's what we're kind of kind of working on every single day. I think from a coaching standpoint, you know, we need to yeah, tighten our rotation and make sure we have the best mm-hmm. guys on the floor. Like I feel like we're a really deep, talented team, and it has been challenging to like what are our rotations that really work the best you know um is it better having our two shooters in together all the time or is there not enough basketballs for both of them and we should stagger them which of our posts play best together um who's playing well like one we really got to figure that out for the second you know this is the second run of the league and then you know i I think the the other thing we got to do is you know, shoot it well. We we haven't really shot great in conference, and we're actually, you know, I'm an offensive guy, full disclosure. Um, but we we're better from a statistical standpoint. Conference, we're a lot better defensively than we are offensively. And I think, you know, we've got to execute just a little bit better, shoot it a little better at the foul line, shoot mm-hmm. it a little better at the three point line to really have a chance to to be consistent through this back half because everybody's so good i mean if we have an off night you know a lot of a lot of teams can pop us you know whether at home or on the road well matt i really appreciate you taking the time to be on uh you know good luck as you head down the final stretch uh there is one game i'm going to sit there and cheer loudly against you but everybody in the world knows i do that so uh yeah but but i do wish you luck down the stretch i think you've done a great job i hear a lot of a lot of great comments about you around the around the league well i appreciate that It, it means a lot and I, I certainly try to do a good job and I know I'm going to get better I definitely appreciate what you do for the league and I know our, our guys do I know they're always checking out the interviews and you know it's just a great great source for everybody that's you know loves the league which there are a lot of people in the northwest that do so thank you well I appreciate that that's Matt Zozel he's head men's basketball coach Southern Oregon thank you coach thanks Bill we'll talk later Really appreciate uh, Coach giving us a call this morning. Uh, thank you to uh, him and to Southern Oregon. So this weekend, Southern Oregon, they're going to host Eastern Oregon and College of Idaho. And then on the following Tuesday, they play Oregon Tech. They have to, they host Oregon Tech. And then they play Warner Pacific and Multnomah at home to round out the month of January. So they're going to be at home the entire month of January. So if they can take advantage of home court, uh, they can really make a move here in January and move themselves up in the standings. Uh, next team in the conference is Multnomah. They're 11 and six, six and five. So Multnomah this season, it's a little bit different of a Multnomah team than what you've normally would see. Uh, they're they're only shooting the ball at 45 percent. Their their shooting percentage from three has dropped dramatically, and I think that's hurt them because the number that jumps out when you look at Multnomah is their fourth in the country with 33-point attempts, which they've always done. They've always shot a ton of threes. But this season, their percentage is way down, 30%. And I believe that's hurt them a little bit because uh, they get almost 10 steals a game, 17 assists. They're playing really good basketball. uh, But sometimes, quite honestly, the threes hurt them. And uh, they fall behind in games because of missed threes. Let's take a look at uh, some of the guys that are having uh, pretty good seasons for 
Multnomah. When you talk Multnomah basketball, you got to start with Zach Richardson. He just crossed 2,000 points. Congratulations to him. A good plot ball player there at Multnomah. 17 points a game for Zach. Uh, Tyrese Taylor, uh, if you haven't seen him play, the man is a, he's, he's a specimen. I mean, this guy is strong. I don't know what he is, 6'10", maybe 6'11", but he's, he's very, very strong. He gets about 16 points a game, 11 rebounds. He shoots 53% uh, from the field. Also, uh, Naylon Block is another guy I wanted to bring up. Uh, he's out of Texas, 13 points a game. He shoots 53% uh, from the field, but he's, a, uh, he's very athletic. And he can, he can really make things happen on both ends of the court, both defensively and with the ball. So he does a lot of the ball handling as well for Multnomah. Let's take a look at Multnomah's schedule going forward. So I, I think we mentioned they're going to play Warner Pacific. Sorry for shuffling papers. Warner Pacific tonight. And then they're going to host Corbin and host Bushnell. And then uh, they have to go down to Oregon Tech and down to Southern Oregon. Uh, they've really got to hold home court. As we said before, it's really hard to win on the road in the Cascade Conference, so they've got several home games over the next uh, month and over the next month, and they've really got to make hay with those games. Uh, next in the conference, Oregon Tech. They're eight and nine overall, uh, five and six in conference. Uh, so Oregon Tech this season, if you look at their the stat sheet, they shot the ball very well. They shoot almost fifty percent from the field, thirty nine percent from three. Uh, they struggle a little bit at the line. They have a good rebounding average, but uh, they've given up. Uh, they give up a pretty high percentage from three, and then they have uh, almost 14 turnovers a game, and that's really hurt them this season. Some of the top performers for Oregon Tech, uh, Joey Potts, uh, he's been just a solid guy in the middle for Oregon Tech. He's a senior out of Petaluma, California. 13 points a game, five rebounds. He shoots 62% from the field. A sophomore from Wilsonville, Oregon, who's really come on the last probably 10 games, Keegan Shivers. 13 points a game, almost three assists, six rebounds. He's shooting 44% from three. And then uh, one more a JC transfer out of Northern California, uh, Joe, uh, Cody Bauman, 11 points a game, six rebounds, and 65% from the field. So, you know, Oregon Tech has some good weapons. Uh, they got to uh, take advantage of a couple of home, a few home games they have coming up. This weekend, they play College of Idaho and Eastern Oregon. Then they have to go over the hill to play Southern Oregon. And then they're going to host Multnomah and Warner Pacific. So just like every other team in the Cascade Conference, you know, Oregon Tech is really, they got to they got to win the home games and uh, try to continue to uh, get a split or better on the road. Uh, next in the conference is LC State. Uh, they're 7-10, and 4-7. and seven. Uh, LC State, they're, uh, they've struggled uncharacteristically uh, this season, a lot like Oregon Tech. They've They've got some guys, though, that are, are really good. This is a team that's going to be – they're going to be okay. Uh, Davian Brown, uh, I think he's a transfer from Masters. He's uh, shooting – he's scoring 16 points a game, three rebounds. He's shooting 40% from three. And then a young man I saw for the first time this weekend is a, a freshman, a true freshman, John Lustig. Uh, he's scoring uh, 11 points a game but 13 points a game in conference. And he's shooting, uh, he was shooting 31% from three for the season, but in conference, he's shooting 35%. So I just bring that up because his game is improving rapidly. And I think he's had two, two or three straight double doubles. And then Silas Bennion for them, for Lelsey State, he's at 10 points a game, five rebounds. And uh, he shoots the ball very well as 
very well as well. Uh, let's take a look at LC State's schedule moving forward. They This weekend, they host Evergreen and Northwest. Uh, those are a couple of games that they're really going to have to pick up at home. Those are two very winnable games for them at home. And then they have to go to College of Idaho. That's going to be tough. And then Eastern. Eastern's going to give them everything they can handle. And then they get back at home against Bushnell and Corbin. Uh, they they play a lot of tough games on the road down the stretch. Uh, they just got to continue to get better every week. They're fighting for a spot. Hopefully, they're going to try to make the top four. But I mean, right right now, they're just fighting to get get into the playoffs. Now, the next four teams, if the conference ended today, would be out of the conference tournament. So Bushnell is six and eleven, and they're four and seven in conference. Bushnell is uh, without a doubt one of the top shooting teams in the country uh, they shoot over 40 percent from the three uh, they shoot uh, almost 80 percent from the free throw line and they shoot 49 percent uh, from the field they've got a few guys who can really fill it up uh, Spencer Hoffman he plays at the post he's been a real key guy for uh, the Bushnell Beacons Aaron Eugene he's been a real key guy for them this season uh, 17 points a game nine rebounds he's kind of He's a little bit sneaky. He's got really good footwork. He just seems to be in the right place at the right time. Stevie Schlob, Schleback uh, from Tigard, he's always been a good scorer, but I think he's uh, operating a lot more effectively, more efficiently this season. Uh, he does catch and shoot really quickly. Uh, 16 points a game, four rebounds, shooting 56% from the three, 54% from the field. One of the best catch and shoot guys in the in the NAI. Uh, if you look, though, at, uh, at Bushnell, you know, their, their uh, opponents are shooting 50, almost 50% against them in the uh, conference. And, w- and while Bushnell, they are holding teams to 32% from three while they shoot 40%, uh, opponents, especially in conference, are, are just getting more shots up. And Bushnell's just not getting the stops they need. So if we look at their schedule moving forward, sorry for the paper shuffle, uh, they... Uh, go to Portland this weekend to play Warner Pacific and Multnomah, two tough tasks. And then the Tuesday after that, they play Corbin. That's their traveling mate, and they have to go at Corbin. Corbin is one of the toughest places in the league to play. So, I mean, Bushnell's going to have to bring their A game, and then they'll play a couple of home games against Northwest and Evergreen. Again, two games they can win before they go back out on the road. So same with Bushnell as everybody in the Cascade Conference. I mean, you, they have to win at home. Uh, Northwest. The Eagles, they're up in uh, just north of Seattle, Washington. Northwest, they're 6-11 and overall. They're 3-8 and in conference. Uh, so they've been obviously struggling. They have a no co- new coach, and they're you know building a new system there. Uh, Drew Bryson, he's played br- very well for Northwest. 16 points a game, four rebounds. Uh, Koa Chapman, 13 points, uh, two rebounds. He's a very good ball player. And then Lewis Pope, uh, he's a transfer. I believe he came out of central Washington. 10 points a game, 6 rebounds. So let's take a look at Northwest's schedule. Uh, This coming weekend, they're going to travel out to LC State and Walla Walla. And then the following weekend, they have to go down to uh, Corbin and Bushnell. Uh, So the road's not going to get any easier for Northwest. Evergreen is, they're the Gooey Duck. They're in Olympia, Washington. Uh, They're 1-12, 1-10 in in conference. Top performers for Evergreen, uh, Tyler Williford. Uh, 15 points a game, 9 rebounds. And Jaden Upshaw, 12 points a game, uh, 4 rebounds. Uh, you know, the Evergreen isn't bad. It's hard to say when they win so few games. Uh, they're just not deep, and you got to be deep. I mean, they just get 
tired out toward the end of the game. They just, they've got some really good ball players. They honestly they just don't have enough of them. Evergreen they travel on the same schedule as Northwest, so they'll be out at LC State and Walla Walla this weekend, and then they're going to go to uh, Corbin and Bushnell again. the The road is going to be really tough on those two teams, I'm afraid. Walla Walla, they're the Wolves. They play out in uh, Walla Walla, Washington. Uh, they haven't won a game this season, but they've had some guys that have performed pretty well for them. Andrew Vaughn, 14 points a game, five rebounds. Uh, Caleb Golden, 11 points a game, uh, almost two and a half rebounds. I'll tell you one thing about this team. There's no quit in them. Uh, they have, uh, they really packed the place. As I said, they haven't won a game. You got to give their fans and their students a ton of credit because they packed the gym. They support this team as if they were, uh, you know, 11-2 and two in conference, and they cheer for them no matter what the score is. And uh, I was really impressed by the fans out there. It was really a class operation. So Walla Walla, this weekend we mentioned a couple of times they're going to be playing Northwest and Evergreen. And then uh, the weekend after that, I believe they travel to Eastern and College of Idaho. So that's where we're at in the Cascade Conference. Uh, College of Idaho right now is in the driver's seat. A lot of teams are fighting for the top four. A lot of teams are fighting to stay in the top eight. The games, just like everywhere in the country, are getting really uh, competitive. I can't say enough how much I appreciate uh, Coach Kelly and Coach Zazel uh, coming on, just taking some time real early in the morning to uh, do this show. Really appreciate their perspective. And I want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, we're trying to put a show together right now as we speak for Thursday. Try to look at the WAC and the GPAC. In the meantime, get out there and support your local NAI school. Walk up to the coach and tell them thank you for what they do because they ain't getting rich at it. Also, go up to their wife and tell them thank you for giving us your husband for four months. Uh, these guys basically give up their entire life for almost a half a year. And But just get out there and support these young men. They're not playing for money. Yeah, they might be getting some tuition help, but uh, they're playing for the love of the game. And they want to see uh, you in the seats cheering for them loudly and appreciate what they do. Because I don't care what it costs you, five, seven, eleven dollars, forever and ever, NAI basketball will be the best entertainment value in America.